I want to keep it real here and go as lovely dovey as this is, you also have to draw a line. And this is where love doesn't conquer all because at the end of the day, I can love you with everything that I am and vice versa. But if I am just continuously running you into the ground because I can't dance with Sarah correctly, there has to be a line for you to go, that's enough. Love Conquers is a relationships podcast by Matt and Kaz Page. Love can help us overcome a lot, but can't conquer all. You've got to own your worth. A bit of content warning. If listening to us talk about topics like mental health, suicide and trauma is likely to be confronting or triggering for you, it's best you skip our show. I noticed you do a lot of talking in regards to a concept of dancing with Sarah. Oh, yes. And so given the fact that, you know, we do deal with a lot of things to do with coping and how we strategize better effective ways to manage our mental health, I think it's probably pretty relevant if, if you know, and probably even for myself because I probably still don't understand it properly yet either. If you could just give me a rundown on like what the concept is because I found people really, really surprised at hearing some of the answers and some of the things you say, but also too like, oh yeah, and they identify with it. And I think, you know, if anything, I think a lot of people are hearing things that we've got to say and it's resonating Mm -hmm. because they go, oh fuck, I'm not alone. I'm not the fucking freak. So can you help help us all out? We're all little freaks. (laughs) Dancing with Sarah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a real thing and you're right. I, I talk about this a lot when I'm doing public speaking and my biggest question that I will ask quite often is, how many of you in the room have danced with Sarah? And I will get a lot of blank looks, which I find amusing because I know every single person in the room sitting with me on that particular day has danced with Sarah. And it's the understanding and breaking down what the acronym of Sarah is. And it's all the emotions that you go through if you're going through something that can either be traumatic or just an emotional roller coaster, and for me, there is a difference. There might not always be a difference for a lot of people to be able to break down and interpret, but there is a difference between a trauma related instance and just a shitty time. And dancing with Sarah are the stages that, as humans, we naturally go through through those processes, but we don't realize we're going through them. So to break it down, and I have to put my eyes on because I can't see crap, (laughs) and I know that now I'm under pressure, I'll forget. Uh, So Sarah simply stands for sad, angry, resentful, accepting, and the H is sometimes not there because acceptance is enough, but the H for me will always and forever be hope because once you've transitioned through that period and you're – you're stable again and you can see clearly you can help others through. Yep. So if you think of all of those stages, you know, when somebody's sad because something has happened or they have moved on to angry, for me it's really important for the person in that moment to acknowledge that they're there. Be aware of it. When you're sad or when you're angry, I know for me personally, it feels like the internals of my head 
is exploding. There is a physical response to those two emotions for me. Sad and angry is some, it's a dark place that I can't escape and a lot of it is self-reflecting. And a lot of it is me in my, I am the biggest judge of me. I am the biggest, nobody can criticise me harder than I will criticise myself. And I know that when I'm going through that, I will project a lot of that outwards and not intending at anyone in particular, but those closest to me will feel it. And so it's, it's as important for me to put the work in and the effort in while I'm there to realise what my external reactions will be like, as important for, you know, you are my closest person. So you are either my rock or my punching bag. And when I'm going through these, and I don't mean that physically, I do not punch the shit out of you (laughs) physically. But when I'm in those moments and I am projecting because my head is exploding or I'm in some form of pain or I don't understand why I'm going through what I'm going through or I'm just simply having a fucking woe is me moment, which is okay too, right? We're allowed to sit sad for a minute if something's happened. I, it's really important for me that you acknowledge with me that I'm there yeah, and allow me to be there for a minute and, allow, and, and be my support. Don't, be, don't judge me for it, don't criticise me for it and don't try and drag me through it quicker than I can get myself through it. At the same time, don't leave me there because mm. if I can't get myself to the next stage, then I am going to need help to get to the next stage. And so I guess, you know, as you process through that sad and then into anger, it's, it's what I do, what's helpful for me is asking myself a series of questions. Why am I here? What are the external factors that have happened or what are the internal factors? What have I done? What has somebody else done that has put me here? How could I have avoided it? What can I do differently? And do I get that right all the time? <laughs> Fuck no. But I do try. Yeah. And for as long as those closest around can see you putting in the effort, can see you trying to transition, then support them through it. Don't try and push them one way or the other. And the same in response too. Like if I'm being a right jerk or an asshole while I'm in there, call me out for it. Yeah. Like, hey, I, I get you're in this moment and, and I don't know why and if you want to talk, I'll listen. And if you don't want to talk, that's okay too. However, I need you to be aware of what's going on to everybody else around you right now because of this impact. You've got both sides there as the aspect of, of whether you're, you know, inside that loop of Sarah or stuck in that loop of Sarah or whether you're on the external of it and then how it can spill over to the other person. Is that yeah, sort yeah. of where you're going with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when you go through and you transition through, I guess that the biggest one in there is probably resentment and, and resenting the situation that you're in and resenting the reasons why you're in there. There are times there when you're stuck in this dark place and you are resenting other people. But that means you're giving them control. Mm you're allowing them to have that impact on you and you're not necessarily doing enough of the work to look internal. Why? Why is that person able to make you feel this way? What has happened in your own headspace that has allowed you to go down that path? And where's the ownership in there for you? And, you know, we've talked about this before about self-worth. If something has happened and I'm in a sad or an angry moment for it, 
And then I transition into resentment, which is a natural progression in this pathway. That's the one I want to get out of as quickly as possible. Resentment is destructive. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's important to know the difference between anger and resentment. It's important to know the difference between all of them, I think, but they're probably the two biggest ones for me. If we're all honest about it, we'll see some aspect of Sarah within coping strategies, mechanisms, or, or even the situation you find yourself in. So, yeah, I say coping strategies, but I don't, I don't know. Do you think it's a strategy as such or it's just sort of like this is how we identify the sequencing of these things goes? I just see it as a transitional process. I, I find it very rare that somebody will be sad and then not transition to some level of anger and some level of resentment and then go to acceptance. Yeah. And I don't think you can strategize about Sarah and I don't think you can, what was the other word you said? Strategy or? Strategy or coping mechanism, I guess. Yeah. So I don't think you could really strategize for your next bad turn or, yep. or co- put a coping mechanism in place for the next one if you haven't acknowledged that these are the things that you go through at the time. It's talking about the realisation of it. It's talking about the acknowledgement of it. What you do with that information post-acknowledgement is entirely up to you as an individual. But acknowledge it, at least acknowledge it because then you can work on it. Then you can identify when you're transitioning and how you're going to handle those moments, whether you're internalising or externalising and things like that. But it's the same as anything, right? If you don't acknowledge it, you can't learn about it, learn yep. from it and, and evolve through it. For me, the big point is trying to get people to understand that it, it happens, that it exists, and then it's up to you to do the work, whatever that looks like for you as an individual. Yeah, okay. Or a couple or friends or, you know, wherever the case may be. None of us are perfect with this. When you are in a state of sadness or a state of anger, they're the moments where you are not thinking about the other people and how your emotions at that point are affecting them. You are simply inward looking. Woe is me. This sucks for me. I'm sad because this hurts me. And that's okay. But there is a line And if you cross that line and you are now hurting and affecting other people, they're now starting their dance with Sarah too and woe behold, you're both there. So one of our kids had come off the jiu-jitsu mats in a competition and they had lost and they were really sad with it. And one of our friends put his arm around them and went, don't worry about it, there'll be another one, you know, get over it, move on, blah, blah, blah. And I walked up, I was really annoyed, and I walked up and went, no, no, you don't say that to my kid coming off the mats when they've just lost. You let them feel it. Let them be sad. Let them be annoyed with themselves. Don't rob them of that moment to be able to process it on an emotional level that they need to process it because all you're teaching them there is bury it down and move on. Yeah. Well, that's going to come back and bite someone in the ass. Acknowledge it. Own it. You're not going to get it right every time. And I say to the kids all the time, you're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to be angry. You're just not allowed to stay there for too long. So for me, it's... It's, it's more important to acknowledge it, learn about it, and then it's up to you what you do with that information.
I don't necessarily adhere to the entire order of how that goes. Like sometimes I'll just be fucking pissed about something <laughs> and then I'll just be like, fuck, okay, and then I get sad. I don't know if I always resent that often. Um, to be honest, I don't, I don't say that I, I dance with resentment a lot or on a big scale. Yeah, and I, I th- I'd like to think I get to acceptance pretty quick, but I don't always get to happy pretty quick or hope that quick. Um, so, yeah, I do identify it and acknowledge it that, yeah, there is those aspects there. Um, and I guess, I guess individual experiences vary. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And look, I mean, this is not to say that this is the hard and fast rule and this is how everybody absolutely handles a shitty day. Of course, there's moments where I go straight to angry, <laughs> you know, driving home from work when too many people are in the right hand lane. I'm pissed. Yeah. <laughs> that's, but that's not, not the scenario in which I'm talking. But how does acceptance go on that matter? Well, you tell me. <laughs> I'm on that drive and I have to accept. <laughs> You're right. I, I, I do. And I do get to acceptance. I have a lot of road rage. I accept that I have road, road rage. rage. There you go. And that makes me happy. <laughs> what I have to do is understand when I'm in them, not only what effect is it having on me and you know, am I seeing that I'm getting through to the next phase or am I staying here too long and therefore that's an issue and a concern and maybe I need to do something about that? But I also have to work at the fact that I'm having an impact on other people. And that's that's my teachings in the Dancing with Sarah world. It doesn't matter what stage you're in. If it's having a negative effect to you and you are caught there for too long, you need to do the work with yourself to understand that. You need to acknowledge your emotions. You need to do the work and be good with it. Own it. You're going to have shitty days. But don't bury your head in the sand and ignore the fact that you're having a shitty day. Yep. Own it. And then if somebody that is within your space while you're going through that process isn't getting it, maybe put some distance between you and that person until you are through that transition. But if you're not going to put the space in and you are, you know, they are becoming your verbal punching bag or your, you know, people, it's affecting the kids, it's affecting you, it's affecting friends, whatever, then there needs to be a way that you can bring that to my attention safely and confidently and I need to be able to go, ah, fuck, now I'm affecting everybody, I need to do something about this and own it and do better with it. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I think in that situation too, like in those moments while, you know, I guess for lack of a better terminology, Sarah is in full effect, sometimes it could be pretty confronting to try and broach that subject with somebody who's in there. And well, so we say that all the time though. Yeah. You do the work on the good days. You try to, yeah. Yeah. So I guess from that perspective there, you know, what's your what's your go to? Like if, if you, you know, for instance, for me, like if you feel like I'm caught in this loop, you know, what what constructive methodologies do you find beneficial in that sense? Um <laughs> some of those moments I've had to learn the hard way because when Let's say you're in, you know, you're angry or you're in a mood. I, my immediate reaction is to want to fix it. 
So I will try and fix it. What's wrong? Talk to me. Can we? And that's not the way you process. And so I've had to learn not to expect you to be like me. Mm. I've had to teach myself and you've had to help me understand that the way I want to be helped through those moments is not the way you want to be helped through those moments. So when you're in those moments, I have to try and think more like you. I have to try and go, all right, so you're there at the moment and, you know, the best thing to do is try and leave you alone and give you some space and, you know, the kids will come to me and talk to me instead and we'll assess whether or not it's a good idea to approach you or leave you out in the paddock digging holes and cutting down trees and doing whatever. I don't always get that right. But when we first got together, I would very much process every one of these stages that you might be in, including happy, through my eyes. I would treat you the way I wanted to be treated. Yep. And you're not me. So, again, it comes back to that acknowledging the fact that the person that's closest to you is not you and allow them to be them, the good, the bad, the ugly. In the same sentence, if the, the, the bad and the ugly is having a negative effect against you as well, then at that point you need to be prepared to have that conversation no matter the outcome. Nobody's ever going to get this perfect. That's probably the biggest takeaway from this today. Please don't ever think you're going to get this shit squared away. We're 22 years in and we are still learning about it. But as long as you're prepared to put the effort in and as long as you're prepared to not always have to just see it from your point of view, sometimes you've got to be able to just simply see it from the other person's perspective. Yep. And that's got to be okay too. One thing that I guess would be important for, from the perspective of what we do here, you know, in this particular case, this is part of the, the cycle you go through. And then we obviously discuss different ways that we go through that. But one of the overarching topics that we look at is, you know, it's the name of the podcast, right? So love conquers. But in this case, obviously, love doesn't conquer necessarily any of this grief factor or this cycle of coping or whatever it is. And so for people there that, are hoping that love is enough to conquer that, how does love in your eyes, you know, complement or take away from trying to deal with a circumstance like this? Like I don't think – I personally don't think it takes away from coping with an experience from this. I think it only ever breeds something that you're wanting to do what's best for the other person, but sometimes it's misguided. Sometimes it can – for me it's the lifeline sometimes. Even at our worst, I love you more than I hate you. I have never, ever, ever loved you less than I have been angry, hurt, resentful or any other negative connotation of emotion towards you. So whilst love isn't enough to keep me in this relationship with you and there needs to be more than just love, 
in those deepest, darkest moments where I feel like, you know, we might not make it through, the fear of losing you because I do love you so much okay. will bring me back. So it almost sounds like a contradiction of terms, but it's not because I believe that in those moments, you also love me enough that you will put the work in with me, not for me, not instead of me, but you'll meet, meet me on that yeah. equilibrium where we will just keep pushing through until we've got it and we've figured it out and we're okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I, I think – I guess it comes back to that, you know, our tag or one of our big family taglines is hope, right? And so – um, help you know, one person every day. Yep, help <laughs> one person every day. But it's also the literal act of hope, right? Yep. Like I think, tied heavily in there is, you know, love also kind of brings that whole emphasis of hope, right? Because if you feel this much about somebody else, then you know there's probably there's probably lots of potential there that you're gonna be okay. But you know, it's also one of those things you can't rest on the the oh yeah, it is gonna be okay because they love. It's like they love me and they will be here with me, but that's not an excuse to go, well, fuck it. It's an excuse to go, I need their support through this and I'm going to make sure that I walk every step as hard and as, as well as I can to get through there because I'm not doing good work now, but they're standing with me. Yeah, and two-way, right? Like, And we've been through trauma. <laughs> God knows we've been through trauma. No matter how dark the days get, if you have that person that's prepared to stand beside you and hold your hand through the thick of it and and allow you that space when you need it and even, you know, walk away when you, you need to be exploding and they know you well enough to know that it's okay to walk away and ignore you for a little while while you go through that moment, like you when you're in that moment and the best thing we can do is leave you alone yep. as opposed to being in amongst it. If you've got somebody that acknowledges that moment and doesn't judge you for it, that's utopia yep. because everybody is going to feel anger, everybody yep. is going to feel sad and everybody is going to feel resentment on some level through some process, through some part of their relationships. It's whether or not you've got the partner that's willing to, to let you have those moments and acknowledge them and whether or not you're prepared to put the work in and acknowledge them as well. For me, you know, as I'm going through some of those patches there where I'm sort of pretty disenfranchised with myself and most of the times it's with myself <laughs> um but i notice i know like at those times there there's a clear moment or there's a clear differentiation and i think you know historically you know sometimes it goes good sometimes it goes bad but there's moments there now where we both identify that i'm not fit for human consumption <laughs> and <laughs> i know it sounds weird but like you know exactly what i mean by saying it right 
yeah, there are days where you just should not be out in the public arena. Exactly. And so <laughs> it, the difficulty for you there is is there's a bunch of difficult parts there. So the first part is obviously the part of you that is the nurturer and the carer, you want to jump in and go, I'm going to fix it. Mm. And it's like in that if I'm in that state, I'm like, but I'm garbage, people. I'm already broken. There's no fixing this. Just pour more garbage on. Like that's how I feel in those moments. And so I, I don't know. I, I completely empathize with the fact that that is a fucking terrible place for you to be in because your heart is yearning to do whatever it takes to fix it. And I've just got to beat the shit out of myself till I get so tired I get worn out. Yep. Like it's fucked. But, um, you know, and by no means do I ever say like, you know, you've got it better out of the two of us. Like I think that's a really hard place to try and tread that line because, you know, for my coping mechanisms, it's it's right on the edge of a razor. It's either it's either going to be me going into a fucking self-defeating spiral or it's going to be me just fucking screaming into the void, raging about how fucking I just need to get on the fucking straight and level with this shit and be able to fucking navigate it. And there's a, a line and – I didn't see it and you raised it the other day with her, with me when we were going through some stuff and you said, you know, 10 years ago and, and 12 years ago and eight years ago and five years ago, your dark places were scary because there were times where I didn't think you'd come out of them and I think in fairness, if we're being honest, there were times where you didn't think you'd come yeah, out of them too. Yeah, agreed. And so we've lived through that. But I don't know that, you know, you said the other day when you were going through a really, really, really hard patch, I'm not suicidal and I would not, I'm, I'm at a place now where I would not do that to you and the kids. And my response to that immediately was, I'm sure that's what every other husband said before mm. he killed himself. But that was wrong of me to put that on you. What I should have said at that point was, okay. Yeah. And hoped beyond hope that you'd hold on to that for every other dark patch that you ever will have because you will. There will always be that fear factor in me of because we've been there. Yeah, and I've been so close. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you're right. But I also have to learn to trust in you again that, you know yourself well enough and you have put the work in and you have put the effort in to acknowledging you and you are still going to have bad days and there is still going to be patches where you just cannot world. That doesn't mean that you're going to kill yourself. Yes. And that's a fear factor in me that I have to work on to let go of. That's not on you. That's on me now. But I will still project that fear. And... You and I have to now find a way to work through that to help me let go of that fear. Yes. Or or at least accept it and acknowledge it and work somehow within it. Yep. Do I think I'm there yet? No, I don't. But I'm at least aware of it and I'm acknowledging it and I need to do the work to get there with it. But they're just one of those examples where – you know, you, you get so conditioned to a particular way of handling situations and then as people evolve and grow and learn about themselves and, and become better at understanding their own internal mechanisms, their support people around them also need to grow. grow yeah, and, and acknowledge that 
you know, we're still going to have bad days, but it's how we're handling them inside and not look back, not hold on to, but you used to always do this. Yeah, but I haven't done that for a really long time. Like I'm, I'm growing with this. The landscape that we go through these things now is vastly different to how it used to be, but yet some of those old hangups are still there because mm-hmm. we've had to, I guess, strategically understand exactly what we were dealing with. And in your case, for me, was like, you know, the very reality of suicide. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard to not bring that, you know, everything that's viscerally related to that, you know, back because every time you go into that situation, you're going to just it's going to refire in your head. Absolutely. And my world doesn't work without you in it. So there is a huge fear factor in that process. Yeah. When you bring it back to that, you know, dancing with Sarah, it's it's the same as the person that told my kid don't feel anything when you lose a competition. That's bullshit. Feel it. Yeah. Be okay to feel it. I I I get that that's the conditioning. That's all they know. That's how they process it and that's okay. Don't project it onto others. Yeah. That's probably the biggest thing. You handle Sarah any way you want to handle Sarah, but acknowledge the fact that you're dancing with her and that the way you handle Sarah is, and the way you dance within that is going to have an effect to you and the people around you. And look, I mean, I think while you were saying that and not to take away from what you're saying with jocularity but I got this visual of like Sarah is not the kind of chick you take home to visit mum well you know what (laughs) and I'm really sorry to every single person out there called Sarah but haha suck it because I'm a Karen yeah until you're a Karen and you understand that um you know what Sarah (laughs) (laughs) but like and no I know I sort of sidetracked a little bit but it is it's kind of like Sarah is somebody that you can visit yes hang out with for a minute but definitely don't form a you know relationship with that person and how many people do yeah how many people will sit in that anger spot and and go back there day in and day out and day in and day out and never do the work to process it or understand why they're there because sometimes it's easier to be there than it is to do the work to get out of it that's probably one of the biggest takeaways isn't it i guess when the pain of being this way is not enough to be is not overreaching the pain of change. And and not acknowledging what being there is doing to those around you. Yeah. Or not having the right people around you when you're there. Yeah. And again, that that's your choice. Who you are with at this present point in time, if they're not your biggest cheerleader even on the shitty days, then maybe they're not your biggest cheerleader. And I talk a lot about Sarah in the workspace because that's the educational structure in which I work in a corporate landscape when I'm doing a lot of training. I mean, not so much now, but historically. And so for me, it was about that the, the working relationships and the people around you and whether or not they're frustrating you and putting you into bad situations and how you handle that and what, you, what your takeaways from that are. So dancing with Sarah in that landscape, you don't have to be super sad or you don't have to be super angry. It could just be that somebody sits next to you in an office space and breathes loud. That would fucking do my head in. <laughs> 
It just would. But what am I going to do about that? Am I just going to be angry every day because my coworker yeah. breathes loud and then I'm going to get the shits and take it out on them every day? Can they stop breathing heavy? Probably not. So how do I fix it for me and not make it their problem because they're doing something that I can't control? Do I like the person? Yeah, probably. And so therefore don't, you know, in that moment I'm angry at something that they can't control and neither can I. So fuck, maybe I just need to move my desk. Yeah. You yeah. Know, well, find ways. Don't just be aggressively angry and then outward posting with the shit that's in your head. Yeah, that's – you don't have the right to shit on somebody's day. No matter how bad a situation you're in, no matter how, you know, how much you're dancing with Sarah. Yeah. Like you honestly have a responsibility not to make somebody else's day worse. Like you're stealing portions of their life at that point. Yep, absolutely. Sometimes you just might though and, you know, I'm sure in my worst states I haven't made your day great. I think we all do that though. Absolutely, but it's how we come out of it. Yep. So when I'm when I'm in a bad state and I'm making your day not so great too, my hope is that you go, Kaz, come on now, what the fuck? <laughs> And I've got to hear it. And that's definitely not the way you deliver it, but you get what I'm yeah, putting out there, right? Like it's there's got to be a flag somewhere that says, I'm, I'm going to help you through here, but I'm not going to be a punching bag through it. Yeah, exactly right. I think, you know, especially if you're coming to the party with help or support or love or just any of that aspect there that's trying to just cradle a person through a situation, like, you know, you should have the right to not be fucking abused. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. For me, it seems like one of the one of the lesson or one of the key factors we've learned there is when somebody's in emotional turmoil, they aren't always thinking with their complete head. Yeah, absolutely, and it's not always maliciously intended. So, for people out there, I guess who are going through this and, you know, we had a look there about communication and things like that. Is there any, you know, hardline takeaway that you would suggest from? My advice for whatever it's worth through the journey is look inward first. Ask yourself, are you being 100% honest with yourself first and foremost? And... Look around. How many people in your current state are you genuinely affecting negatively? And if there are people around, then you have to own that. If what you are doing is having a negative effect on the people around you, then you have to own it. If they are the cause of the negative effect, then you have to own that too and be prepared to have the conversation. How about you? I'd say that the takeaway in these situations is that in an ideal circumstance, you know, where I get it right, it's that you need to tread gently as possible. But then I would say that for most people with everyday life too, that most people need to tread a little more gently in the world because, you know, and I get it, you know, in your 20s you tend to be, I don't know anything about anything. And then you start to realise that, like, there's a lot of fucking ways that I affect other people. And so I guess, you know, the big dynamic here for me would be probably tread, just 
try and be as gentle as possible. You know, I get it's hard in the case where a person is, you know, maybe, you know, acting quite aggressively or they're acting out or they're, you know, you're really, really concerned for the person you're really yearning, but sometimes you've got to enter into that circumstance too with really gentle hands too, because, you know, they might not have any sense of self-value and so therefore you pouring more love and acceptance onto them is going to be like this is the worst thing ever because now I'm a failure and I'm incompetent and I also am not deserving of love and so I'm wasting all these people's love so even on the positive things there you've just I feel like it's trying to tread gently is probably my biggest one and you know it's not just our moniker for our or our takeaway from our family or our our quote line for our family like hope is definitely is a very, very real thing. If you identify that that person is important to you and if you identify that you love that person more than anything else and that, you know, I guess waking up beside them is an act of need, not just desire. Need because you choose to need it. You know, even when I'm doing, you know, less than ideal work in the psychological sense or emotionally in regards to our relationship and stuff like that, like there's still that hope factor, there's still that you know, duns better spiro, which is that Latin Hello? saying that is, yeah, it's, sorry, <laughs> it's a, it's a Latin saying that's, you know, if I breathe, I hope. Oh, yes. Or if I breathe, I hope. And so, you know, if I'm still here and if this person's still here by my side and even if we are just having a real difficulty coming to a consensus or an emotional understanding of each other at some point in an argument, because we're still breathing and because we're still here, it's, it's not like it's going to be, everything's going to be okay. It's like that. We're willing to work for it. Without saying everything's going to be okay. I know it's going to be okay. Mm. You know, like (laughs) as weird as that sounds. No, I think it sounds – it's exactly – I agree with you 100%. And I like that. Where there is breath, there is hope. Yeah. Because, honestly, while we're still breathing, I want us to still be together and beyond. And we have really bad times and we have to hold on to that hope. Yeah. To get us through. I want to keep it real here and go, as lovely dovey as this is, you also have to draw a line. And this is where love doesn't conquer all. Because at the end of the day – I can love you with everything that I am and vice versa. But if I am just continuously running you into the ground because I can't dance with Sarah correctly, there has to be a line for you to go, that's enough. I, I will not stay down there with you for the next 10 years. And people have to have their own worth and they have to be honest enough with themselves to go, no, no. I, I'm going to get better for me. I'm, I deserve better and I don't want to live in this misery forever no matter how much I love you. Yep. And that's a real thing. Don't be afraid to want better for yourself and don't be afraid to get it. Yep. Welcome to Sarah. <clears throat> <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. Sorry. This podcast is hosted by Matt and Kaz Page and executive produced by Charlotte Goodwin. For more information, visit loveconquersthepodcast.com. Like what you're hearing? Buy the book, My Broken Soldier, The Untold Story of Life Beyond the Frontline by Karen Page. Head to kazpage.com.au 
or search for My Broken Soldier on Facebook, Instagram, Amazon and Audible. Love Conquers is a podcast for adults that deals with confronting themes of all kinds. Love Conquers is not a licensed mental health service and is not a substitute for professional mental health advice, treatment or assessment. If you are struggling, don't go it alone. Please see a healthcare professional. If you live in Australia, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14 or go to lifeline.org.au. If you live outside of Australia, Please search for your local crisis line and find support.